0: Hello everyone and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host Pete Waltz. Along with bringing you updates and critical events happening all around the world. We're always fortunate to have the chance to bring in our local ELA lawyers. These good folks are practicing on the ground in jurisdictions all around the world, working daily to help their clients move through difficult times. On the program, we span the globe, receiving updates on critical issues from ELA members in each region of the world. Today, we're going to be chatting with a few of our members in Nebraska. And today, I have a special announcement. Moving forward, we have a new moderator who's joining the Employment Matters team from the North American region. Many of you have listened to Tara Stingley, an attorney at klein williams Wright Johnson & Old Father. She did an excellent podcast a few weeks ago on employer considerations with vaccine policies. When I heard her speak, I said, we got to get this woman back on the program to help narrate some of our programs. She's agreed. So Tara, welcome to the program. This is your first edition. How are you doing today?
1: Good. Thanks so much for having me, Pete.
0: Well, hey, I'll tell you what, it's going to be fantastic. I know you've got a special guest, so I'm going to turn the program over to you. Take it away.
1: Sounds great. Thank you. Well, joining us today on employment matters is my esteemed partner and colleague rick jeffries who is here at klein williams with me and we're going to be providing a brief update on the new new normal on life and employment issues after the pandemic welcome to the program rick how are you doing today hi tara thanks for having me so as vaccination programs are kicking off across the country and some employers are starting to reopen the offices some employees never left What do you think the work world will look like as the pandemic winds down, hopefully toward the middle of this year?
2: So we work together in Omaha, Nebraska, which is the home to the University of Nebraska Medical Center. And UNMC bio-contained Ebola, and they took the passengers off the Diamond Princess, they're world-class experts. And they set a threshold a few months back of 50 cases per million as sort of the point at which the pandemic will be under control. And if you look at the modeling, you'll see that uh, most people think that we're going to get there in June-ish between the immunity that comes from infection and the vaccinations. So what we're going to be looking at is a, a world where dangerous cases will be survivable because of the medications and the treatments. The bad cases that might sideline somebody might become downgraded to nuisances you're gonna see the case rates lower. And I think you're gonna to get to a place where people accept that it is safer than it was, you know, to gather in a more normal way in office environments. I think what you're gonna see, particularly with as we're contending with the variants in South Africa and the UK and otherwise, what you might see is more intense local control by local health authorities. So where it might be fine to reopen offices and schools and all that, If someone does come down with a case they might be ordered by the health department to stay in their home on you know on pain of jail right i mean where it's going to be intense right at individual people and and people who have been exposed in order to keep those things down but offices unquestionably are going to be facing the the question of how much to reopen what that's going to look like and so managers are going to want to start thinking about who has to come back and when who must not come back And why? I mean, uh, health conditions and those sorts of things. Are we going to be in a a world where we have some kind of reverse age discrimination, right? Where people who are young and healthy have the opportunity or, or are directed to come in, where the old and infirm like me are either at our option or required not to come in until some other threshold is reached. And this is the time to start thinking about those questions because I suspect we're going to be facing them in real time certainly no later than the 4th of July.
1: So we've certainly learned a lot of lessons since the pandemic first started. What do you think we've learned about the effectiveness and the challenges of remote work in this last year?
2: We learned that it works, right? I mean, And we learned that a lot of things can be done without an office and without a break room and without staff meetings in the conference room. And we've learned that some people really prefer it. And we've also learned that where you do the work for many classes of workers does not matter, which is going to have some interesting implications. And we ought to talk about this in terms of your leave policy and your vacation policy. If someone can work just as well on the beach or in the mountains as they can in their home or in your office, what does it really mean to be at work?
1: So much of 2020 felt as though employers were constantly operating in crisis mode. And as we hopefully continue to move away from crisis mode, what do you think a managers should be thinking about in planning for the future?
2: You always have to start with the basics, right? And the first question that any employment lawyer is going to ask a client is, what does your handbook say? And is your handbook up to date with what you're actually doing? So right now, managers need to be thinking about what their handbook is gonna look like. When must you return to work? X days after vaccination, X days after some public health threshold is met and maintained, what would be the circumstances under which we'd reverse that and go back home again? I hope that doesn't happen. And then what will be your policies going forward? I think we're gonna be all a little bit germophobic in the next few years, right? And so what are we gonna think about someone who has a sore throat or a cough or a cold? And are we going to have policies in our handbook that say, if you have something that you can give other people, do you have to wear a mask in the workplace? Are you required to stay home? And if you just don't feel like taking a shower, may you stay home, knowing as we do that this is workable? And if you make the choice to stay home, how often can you do that? Obviously, you're already talking about the extent to which proof of vaccine might be required. So there's a lot of, a lot of these sort of questions that you're going to have to face on the policy level. As well as simple questions like, are we really going to do open office plan when we get back? Are people, are you going to be able to attract people to your workplace if you have the prairie dog farms of days gone by and cubicles or open tables? Or are we going to expect are are workers going to expect more of employers? The, The last thing I would say is, particularly if you're one of those companies that allows people to accumulate vacation year to year, and people have had no place to go in 2020 you're going to have some pretty serious staffing challenges because everybody's going to take as much of 2021 off as they can.
1: That's a great note. And so on that point, as things start to open up, what do you see as the intersection between vacation days and remote work? What does that look like going forward?
2: Well, I I think employers really will need to define what their expectations are. We used to, and it was very easy for managers to say, well, This person is at their desk, and I can't catch them shopping online, so they must be productive. Now we don't have those luxuries. And people, as they become location agnostic about doing their work, how are we going to think about what we permit? So if your employee says, We're going to the beach for the next week, but my kids are teenagers and they sleep until noon, and so I'm going to work from eight till noon every day, and I'd like to take two and a half days off because I'm taking five half days rather than five full days, I'd, and I'd like my PTO to be accounted for accordingly, what are you going to say? And what are your expectations going to be? And what's going to be the policy? And you better be ready with, as you know, a non-discriminatory answer.
1: Definitely a lot of interesting things to think about. Rick, as part of your practice, you are a certified information privacy and security specialist. And so on that point, what information security challenges do you see in this new new normal? So if
2: employers' experiences are anything like our own, the going home, your work from home process happened abruptly. And we all sort of packed up our stuff and wheeled our computers out of the building and unfolded our laptops on our kitchen counters and started really with not a great deal of planning. And that worked really well, but here's the thing. In an on-premise environment, your IT team owns just about every part of the connection, right? They own your computer, they update your software, they make sure everything is patched, they own the routers and the switches and the access points and the wireless network that you're on and the connection to the internet. They, and they, are in, they have a degree of control over that, or they should, that allows them to assure that your operations are being conducted reasonably securely. Most of those assumptions are out the window in the work-from-home environment. And people may be doing work on their home computers, even if they have their work laptop at home. They almost certainly are not connecting through a wireless connection that's been set up by your IT team. They almost certainly are not connected through an internet connection that your IT team can see or manage. So there's a lot of points of failure, and there are a lot of people who have 10-year-old routers that work perfectly well for watching Netflix, but may not be secure from outside attack. And here's the other thing. It was one thing when we all worked from home once in a while, but it's a much different challenge when we have become static work-at-home people, and we become a sitting target that is much more vulnerable. We've seen ransomware go off the chart in the last year. We've seen other types of malware go off the chart in the last year. And the thing is, it is almost certainly as a statistical matter, easier to own credentials, to compromise information and to to do bad things to people when they are working from home. And while it was one thing to manage it as a crisis management thing in March of 2020, in February of 2021, IT managers need to be more proactive about understanding the remote environment that they've allowed their employees to work in and making sure that it is as close to as secure as the on-premise environment as it can be.
1: Well, Rick, this has been a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for your time and input on these issues today. We appreciate it.
2: Thanks so much for having me.
1: If you'd like to connect with Rick or any of our lawyers around the globe, please search for them on the ELA website at ela.law just go to the big Find a Lawyer widget in the center of the page, where you can also sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers, get on-demand content from our online library, or access ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Tara Stingley.